Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Dorothy L'Amour, Dinah Shore, Danny Kaye, and Jack Benny. Plus, an exciting episode from The Green Lantern. Dorothy L'Amour was a big star in motion pictures, but I think she's best remembered for the road pictures that she made with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. And once in a while, she would make a personal appearance on radio. Here she is in 1943, singing her big hit, Personality. Mary Smith had a college education. Sally Jones had a scientific streak. Susie Brown used to lecture on ancient architecture. Josie Green spoke Latin and Greek. Just forgotten girls with forgotten brains While history explains When Madame Pompadour was on a ballroom floor Said all the gentlemen, obviously The madam has the cutest personality And think of all the books about Dewberry's looks What was it made her the toast of Paris She had a well-developed personality And what did Romeo see in Juliet Or Piero in Pirate Or Jupiter in Juno You know And when Salome danced And had the boys entranced No doubt it must have been easy to see That she knew how to use her personality A girl can learn to spell And take dictation well And never sit on the boss's settee Unless she's got a perfect personality A girl can get somewhere in spite of stringy hair Or even just a bit bold at the knee If she can show a faultless personality And why a certain girl's offered carriages And sable coats and marriages By men who wear their spats right That's right So don't you say I'm smart And have the kindest heart Oh, what a wonderful sister I'd be Just tell me how you like my personality Personality The afternoon radio serials were always something to hear. There was Terry and the Pirates, Dick Tracy, Little Orphan Annie, 
and another right out of the pages of the comic magazines, The Green Lantern. The official adventures of The Green Lantern. The weird and exciting adventures of the man who suddenly appears out of nothingness. Whenever and wherever there is a wrong to be righted. The Green Lantern. The origin of the Green Lantern begins years ago, out in the great western plains of the United States, as a train makes a test crossing over a newly constructed trestle bridge. In the cab with his partner is Alan Scott, young engineer in charge of construction. I tell you, Scott, I'm worried. Decker isn't one to take it lying down. He'll try something. He's dangerous. Nonsense, Jimmy. Just because my company's bid to build this bridge was chosen by the government instead of Decker's, there's no reason for revenge. He won't try anything. Suddenly, the tremendous blast of an explosion. The entire bridge topples and falls, plunging the train to total destruction in the valley below. From the wreck rises one staggering figure, Alan Scott. Oh. Oh. They're dead. All dead. Yet, by some miracle, I'm still alive. What? This lantern from the train. What a queer green light. Funny. I feel dizzy. Going to faint. Alan Scott falls unconscious beside the strangely glowing green light from the lantern. And from within the aura of the green flame comes a voice. Listen, chosen one. I am the green flame of life. Green as are the plants. An ageless, toneless voice that penetrates into Scott's subconscious. The growing things. Listen. And hear the tale of the Green Lantern. Many years ago, in old China, while the people were at their evening prayers, they suddenly heard a great rushing noise and looked up to see a falling meteor. As the meteor crashed and broke open there in the heart of the shell, was a small pool of green, flaming, liquid metal. Hear my message. The flame, it speaks. Three times shall I flame green. It is from the evil one. Listen. First, to bring death. Second, to bring life. Third, to bring power. As the green flame dies out, the metal begins to cool. Chang, the lamp maker, takes the strange metal to his hut. Look, Chang makes a lamp from the fire of the evil one. Our village will suffer should the gods be angry. We must rid ourselves of the old man and the lamp. Death to Chang! Destroy the lamp! Destroy the lamp! 
Green light! Ah! Flames! The first prophecy of the lantern was fulfilled. From then on, the lamp passed through many hands on its travels. Until one day, it appeared in America, outside a mental hospital. Hey, Joe, look at this funny old Chinese lamp somebody threw away. What a queer green color. Yeah. Hey, let's give it to old Billings inside. He likes to make lanterns and things, and he can't hurt anybody with it. Taking the old Chinese lamp, the patient Billings worked for days, slowly forming it into a modern train lantern. A lovely green light. <laughs> Three times shall I flame green. <gasps> that voice, <laughs> the light, what's happening? The second to bring life. <gasps> I, oh, I, I, I feel so queer. Where am I? What am I doing here? I should be in my office. The lantern fulfills its second promise, and out of the asylum walks a sane man, miraculously recovered to a new life. And now, fate brings the lantern next into Alan Scott's hands as the voice speaks to his subconscious. You have heard the tale of the green lantern. Now to you, I bring fulfillment of the third prophecy. Power. You must use this power to end evil, the dark evil. Things cannot stand the light of the green lantern. It would be well for you to make a part of me into a ring to wear at all times. A ring with my flame to renew its power. The ring must touch the green lantern once every 24 hours. And with these last words, the powerful light fades down to a tiny, constant glow as Alan Scott stumbles to his feet once more. Oh, 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 my head. What a mad dream. Or was it a dream? There's the lantern. My buddy. When I touch the lamp, it, it glows with energy. I've never felt like this before. Then it was true. Oh, thinking about this lantern made me forget about the wreck. All those men, dead. Why? Oh, Jimmy, you said Decker might try something. I'll get you for this, Decker. The green lantern will help me. Abruptly, Alan's body streaks through the air with the speed of light, the green light in which it is enveloped. What? I wished I could fly to Decker, and I'm doing it. Green Lantern's power is working. There. Decker's house. Someone's inside. I wonder if I have the power of going through the fourth dimension, right through objects. I'll try it. Like a phantom, Alan Scott's figure begins to fade through the wall out of sight. Inside the house. You boys did a sweet job in blowing up the bridge. That'll teach them to fool around with Decker. <laughs> now we're going to make a nice bundle of dough on that deal. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, boss, look. A green light coming through the wall. What is that? There's somebody in the light. It looks like... A ghost! That engineer, Alan Scott. But he's supposed to be dead in the wreck. 
Fools! He's no ghost! It's a trick! Shoot him! Yeah, this I'll fix you! He don't fall! He ain't human! Ah, he must be wearing a bulletproof vest! Use your knife! Yeah! <laughs> Didn't work, did it? <laughs> the knife, it busted! He ain't human! He, he is a ghost! Really? Can a ghost do this? And now, Decker, it's just you and me. No, no, don't be hasty, Scott. Why, I'm your friend. I, I got plenty of money if you just... Okay, just to show you how much I value our friendship, I'm going to take you outside for a little ride. No, that green light put me down. How do you like the view from up here, Decker? No, no, take me down. Afraid I'm going to drop you? Perhaps I should drop you right over the spot where you wrecked that bridge, where my friends died. No, please, I'll do anything. Take me back. Will you sign a confession, Decker, that you did it? Yes, yes, I'll confess. Anything, just get me down. After obtaining a full confession from Decker, Alan Scott returns home to prepare for a new career. Somehow, I feel as if destiny has taken a hold of my life. That this is only the beginning. That I shall continue to fight against evil. I must make myself a dreaded figure. I must have a costume that is so bizarre that once I am seen, I will never be forgotten. And then, I shall use my power. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Wow. <laughs> you know, Sunday evening from 7 to 7.30 belonged to Jack Benny. And for many years, he had the most popular comedy show on the air a program that lasted on the radio for more than 25 years. Mr. Benny also made guest appearances on many other radio shows, and when he did, the whole nation tuned in. Motion picture producer Mark Hellinger joined Jack as guest on a particular show in the 40s. And in this comedy sequence, they talked about doing a movie titled The Life of Jack Benny. So now, here's Jack Benny and Mark Hellinger with Dinah Shore and Danny Kaye. Well, if it isn't Dinah Shore and my pal Danny Kay. How are you, kids? Well, Jack. Hello, Jack. And Mabel. Hello, Mabel. Hello, lover boy. <laughs> Why, Mabel Gumshiner, how you talk. Well, you better announce, but you know, kids, Mark is going to make a picture called The Life of Jack Benny. The Life of Jack Benny? Yeah, me. Gee. Gee, that's great. You can all go into Mr. Hellinger's office now. He wants to see you all together. Oh, are Dinah and Dan Danny going to be in the picture, too? I guess so. Think of that. Two great singers and a great comedian in one picture. Gee, how can it miss? Come on, kids. Well, Mark, here we are. Oh, come in, come in. Please sit down, everybody. You know, Mark, ever since you called me and told me about the life of Jack Benny, I haven't been able to sleep a wink. But I just told you about it this morning. I know, but I usually take four or five naps during the day. <laughs> I'm a regular cat. I see. Anyhow, for some time I plan to make this picture about your life, Jack. Yes, yes. It's a good idea for a picture, but I just couldn't find the right person to play the lead. <laughs> you couldn't, eh? No. But after seeing Danny in his new picture, I've decided he's just the fellow to play Jack Benny. 
Well, for heaven's sake, what's wrong with me? You're not the type. <laughs> I'm sorry about this, Jack. Well, what do you think I am? Now, listen, Mr. Hallinger... Jack, Jack, would you please go over in the corner and take a nap? You'll be in the picture. I will? Yes, Danny will be Jack Benny, and Jack, you will play the part of your father. <laughs> But, Mark, look, I should play Jack Benny. After all, I've done so many things that nobody knows about but me. Well, you can tell them to me, and I'll put them in the script. Are you kidding? <laughs> Jack, Jack, you'll be the father. And I think Dinah will be excellent for the part of Jack's girlhood sweetheart. So do I. You keep out of this. Yes, father. Do <laughs> <Blue> sensation. <laughs> Don't father me, you traitor. So Dinah will be Jack's sweetheart. The girl he loved in Waukegan. What's my name, Mr. Hellinger? Millicent Fairchild. <laughs> Millicent Fairchild? What are you talking about? The name of my girlfriend in Waukegan was Gussie Bagelquist. <laughs> Bagelquist, not Fairchild. We can't use Gussie Bagelquist. The name doesn't sound romantic. Well, she was a darn pretty girl. Just so happens that I got a snapshot of her right here in my pocket. Here, take a look at that. Say, she is pretty. I told you. But uh, what's that thing she's holding in her right arm? That's a horse's hind leg. Gussie was a blacksmith. <laughs> a blacksmith? What's that? For your information, city boy, a blacksmith puts shoes on horses. And if you ask me if they're open-toed, I'll smack you right in the jaw. <laughs> well, I don't see why you're mad at me, Jack. This isn't my idea. Oh, yeah? To think, Mr. K, that I loaned you the money to come out to Hollywood. I know. Sure, you know. But 22%. <laughs> I could have done better at a bank. What do you think the Benny Trust Company is, a chili bowl? <laughs> Jack, Ed? please, banking hours are over. Now I have some rough scenes laid out here, and I want to get your opinion on them. Okay, okay, rough scenes, rough scenes. I... I figure the picture should open in the little farmhouse where you were born. I wasn't born on a farm. I was born right in town on Genesee Street. Well, we'll have to make it a farm. I've already hired several cows and pigs and chickens. But, Mark... No buts. The farm is a much better locale. Uh, say, Mr. Hellinger, I, I hate to complain about this, but I'm afraid of cows and pigs and chickens. Gosh, I've, I've never even seen one in person. You don't see animals in person, saphead. Oh, that's bad, Danny. That's bad. Well, I guess the farm idea is out. I'm not afraid of animals. We'll start the story in town. And, uh... Little Jackie Benny is in the parlor practicing his singing lesson. Singing lesson? I study the violin. But Danny can't play the violin. <laughs> so what? The life of Jack Benny without a violin is like... is like corned beef and cabbage without corned beef. Well, there's a war going on. <laughs> what the... What's that got to do with it? The life of Jack Benny without a violin. That's right. The silliest thing I ever heard of. Well, I give up. <laughs> now, Danny, in the picture, you're supposed to be a musical prodigy. You're familiar with all the great symphonies, even though you're a child. Oh, that's fine, Mark, because, you know, I love all the Russian composers. Hmm. But you never even heard of more than three Russian composers. Oh, yes, I have, Jack. All right, name four Russian composers. Four? I can name 56 of them. 
There's uh, Malachevsky, Rubinstein, Arensky, and Tchaikovsky, Sapelnikov, Dmitriev, Cherepnik, and Zhinovsky. Kudovsky out the Buchev, Monoyusko, Akimenko, Soloviev, Prokofiev, Tiemkin, Gorischenko. There's Glinkla, Winkla, Bortniansky, Rebekov, and Yinsky. There's Metter, Valakirov, Zorotorov, and Koschinsky. And Sokolov, and Kopolov, Dukelsky, and Klanovsky. And Shostakovich, Bora, Dingliere, and Novakovsky. There's Lyadov, and Karganov, Markevich, Panchenko. And Dargomiski, Cherbachevsky, Rabin, Vasilenko. Stravinsky, Ripsky, Kosakov, Musovsky, and Grachaninov, and Gazunov, and Sezev, Kukalini, Kavrachmanov, Stravinsky, and Grachaninov. And the final of. I really have to stop. The subject has been worked upon enough. Rubinsky, Gratchanov, Rubinsky, Rachmaninov. I really ought to stop. The subject has been worked upon enough. Where'd you get all those names? It's more composing than even I know. And I'm really an authority. Jack, I'm... please, please. I'm trying to explain the script to Danny. I'm sorry. Imagine, 56 composers. Now, uh, here's a scene Some I stuff. want you to try, Danny. It's 56, where you come in and I mean, ask no your father from... <laughs> in this scene, Danny, you come in and ask know, your 30, father from... <laughs> Same scene, Danny. You come in and ask your father for money to buy roller skates. Uh, you read the father's part, Jack. Okay, why? I'll never know. Oh, stop mumbling. Go ahead, Danny. <clears throat> Dadichka. <laughs> Dadichka, could I please have four dollars to buy rolling skates? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What's the idea of doing Russian? Well, isn't Waukegan in Russia? Waukegan is in Illinois. I was born in a log cabin like Lincoln. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Danny, try it again. Remember, you're a little country boy. Okay. <clears throat> uh, hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, Paul, could I have four dollars to uh, buy a pair of roller skates? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think I was when I was a kid? A moron? <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> Try Who's as Betsy? a city boy, Danny, a city boy. Yeah, anything mm. but that. All right, a city boy. Uh, hey, Jake. <laughs> hey, Bob, can I put the bite on you for four frogs against to buy a pair of roller skates? Everybody in Brooklyn Now cut wearing. that off! Mark, this guy's trying to ruin my life. Now, Jack. All I was trying to no do... No explanation. I'm getting out of here. You can keep your picture, Mr. Hellinger. Let Mr. K play both me and my father. So long. <laughs> Well, fellas, that does it for this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I don't think they'll ever be forgotten. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to tune in again next time for more of the same. Thank you and good night. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>